This is KUOW's District 7 City Council Debate. District 7 covers downtown, Belltown, South Lake Union, Queen Anne, and Magnolia. Sally Bagshaw is the city council incumbent. She was first elected back in 2009. Her opponent is Deborah Zeck Artis. She's a Boeing employee and former president of the Queen Anne Recreation Advisory Council. Thanks to both of you for being here. Thank Good you. To you. I'd like you to talk a little bit about the district first of all. Deborah, what is particular to District 7? What are the issues that are particular to your part of town that are different from all other districts? There's not really a whole lot that's different than all the other districts. Um, Our traffic is miserable um, because it encompasses downtown, um, the the South Lake Union area along Mercer Street. So we have the Mercer Street mess in us. We also have the the construction for the tunnel and um, um, the issue of the viaduct. So all of those major thoroughfares um, impact not just um, Queen Anne, Magnolia, and and the rest of District 7, but when those, those arterials go down, the whole rest of the city is impacted. Sally Bagshaw, what do you see as particular to District 7? District 7, of course, has downtown where we've got thousands of people that are coming in every day to work, and then they leave, and they go out to their homes, wherever that may be, except for those of us who live downtown. It's very much a growing neighborhood, but as we know, having so many thousands of people coming in and leaving every day does contribute to the traffic problems. But we are the neighborhood that is growing the fastest of any. We're having more people come in and live downtown where I do. So there's a lot going on. Big things are transportation, Uh, working with public safety, making sure we have a new public school. I want to get to public safety. Uh, Earlier this year, the Seattle Police Department launched an effort to crack down on drugs and crime in a nine and a half block area downtown in your district. Right. Uh, Business owners and residents felt it was particularly unsafe. Do you think the police activity has been effective at stopping that? Oh, it has had a terrific impact. And what was best about the crackdown was it wasn't just an effort to criminalize behavior. It was to identify people who had other options and that we could move them up and out of downtown. For example, we did uh, arrest about 100 people. A third of those were identified as serious criminals with, with bad backgrounds. Another third were people that perhaps were using for themselves. They were selling to use. And then there was another group that really could qualify for our lead program, the Law Enforcement Assisted Diversion Program. So we were able to get case managers with people, find them housing, and move them up and on. And that's a real key. If you want to be successful with a crackdown like this, it's got to coordinate with human services. So problem solved, all done, or does something else need to be done? No, it's always always something we need to work on. Um, But we are seeing improvement, and we're seeing improvement in Belltown, seeing improvement in other neighborhoods along Pioneer Square. But Deborah, we, it's, it takes vigilance. Deborah Artis, same question for you. What do you think about what the police has done and what needs to be done when it comes to crime in that particular area of downtown, 3rd and Pine? And they definitely cut down on the crime in the area, but it moved out of that area into the neighborhood. So the people that were downtown that didn't end up back in jail um, are all over Seattle. They're up by Seattle U. They're up by Capitol Hill. They're in Fremont and Ballard and Queen Anne and Uptown and and Interbay. So all it did was just spread them out instead of having them concentrated in one area. So it really wasn't, while the idea was good, it really wasn't coordinated, I think, um, effectively. So what do you think would be done to keep it from spreading out? It's a common thing. You uh, target one neighborhood and the crime disperses. That's exactly what it does. So what do you do about that? Well, if you're going to do that, you have to have it coordinated with all the other neighborhoods. So uh, you can um, have the people identified who are there and then 
and then watch to where they go and uh, beef up the uh, the police activity in those other neighborhoods and also the social services in those other neighborhoods so that they can be taken care of properly. And that, that was not done. So we've got, um, um, I talked to the people who own property down in, um, in Uptown, and um, they're, they're, they, the amount of crime and property damage and break-ins that they're experiencing just skyrocketed when the um, when the uh, the nine and a half block uh, thing started downtown. Sally Bagshaw, do you agree that it basically just dispersed the crime to other places? No, I don't agree with that, and neither does the data. The Our police department has uh, assembled data, provided more police officers on the street, and the percentage of crime is down across the city, and that's violent crime as well as the petty crime that annoys all of us. Uh, Deborah Artis, I want to talk about one area, areas of uh, District 7 that are not downtown. It also includes Queen Anne and Magnolia, Mm -hmm. right? And they're primarily single-family neighborhoods. Some have pointed out the fact that single-family neighborhoods take up two-thirds of the city's land area, and they argue to accommodate more residents, as we expect to over the coming years, we're going to need more density in those single-family neighborhoods. They suggested maybe putting in duplexes, triplexes. What do you think about that? Well, I disagree that Queen Anne and Magnolia are primarily residential. If you uh, look at the uh, registered voters and you look at the the map, um, the majority of voters in the Queen Anne neighborhood are live in apartments. So if you look at the 98109 zip code and the um, the 98119 zip code on the South Slope and in uh, uh, Lower Queen Anne, those are all apartments. So um, um, the same thing with Magnolia. The whole west, the whole east side of Magnolia facing Inner Bay is all apartments. Very, there are very few homes over there. Uh, so it's it's. It's it's not that you know there's a, there's a misperception. Sure. Sally Bagshaw, do you agree with that? This issue of single family neighborhoods taking up too much space is not an issue in your district. Oh, I would never say that it takes up too much space, but I do think we need to open up the doors to invite other people in. And I'm a huge supporter of the mother-in-law cottages, the auxiliary dwelling units. And those are already legal. Those are already something that our city allows. And so I'm encouraging people to take a look at that. As we know, there's over 100,000 more people that are going to be coming in in the next decade or so. And those people are our kids and grandkids that want to stay here. There are a lot of other people who have said to me, we'd like to stay in our neighborhood, but the house is too big for us. So we can swap allowing our kids to move into the houses and we'll have a smaller place in the backyard. That's not going to be accommodated in every neighborhood, but there are places where this is going to work depending upon the size of the lot and the size and scale of the proposed house. Sally Bagshaw, your position on whether to make developers contribute to affordable housing has, has changed over the past year, as I understand it. Correct. You're now supporting linkage fees, which require developers to help pay for affordable units. Absolutely. Why do you support that now? Well, when we first were talking about it a year ago, it was in a vacuum. It was put a linkage fee on developers with really no other look at how we're going to solve the problem. Over the last 10 months, we've had the HALA committee come together. That's the Housing Affordability and Livability Agenda. And in that group of people included developers, included people that would build affordable housing and low-income housing in our housing development consortium, for example. And after 10 months, they agreed to 65 different approaches. And the linkage fee was one of them. I support that because it's part of a whole. 
Deborah Zek, artist, do you support the linkage fee? Absolutely. And I think we also need to go after the Growth Management Act, similarly to what uh, Bellevue and Redmond have done, which allows us to ca- capture more uh, more money from the developers. Um, because we have not used the Growth Management Act, uh, we have basically left about $600 million on the table. So with that kind of money and putting it into a... Um, uh, a fund that's a principal fund becomes like an endowment. Um, we could actually um, better um, finance uh, uh, low-income housing and different kinds of assistances like rent assistance or utility assistance and that sort of thing. Let me ask you about a couple of things that are going to be on the ballot with you. Uh, Deborah Zek, artist, when it comes to the Move Seattle levy, $930 million, quite a bit more than the last one, do you support it? No, sir, I don't. Why not? Because I don't see line items. They have a lot of literature out there, but the Seattle, even the Seattle, the League of Women Voters did not did not endorse it because it's there's there's too much openness in it. They want they designed it to be open so that they could use the money that they you know however somebody uh, de- deemed correct. But um, there's we need to have line line items. You can't just have a hundred million dollars sitting out there with no. This you know, with no direction to it, and the literature, the literature says one thing, but the literature said that in Bridge the Gap, and it didn't happen. You're not the only one. Uh, what do you think about that, Sally Bagshaw? First of all, do you support Move Seattle? I do. And what about that accusation that it's a little too vague? Nothing's nailed down when it comes to the budget <laughs> items. Well, I think that that's wrong. If you look at the over hundred page program itself that has been put out, there are. Very specific line items, things like seven new bus rapid transit lines, the idea of having safe routes to school in every neighborhood. Those are identified. The 150 blocks of sidewalks, where those are going to be, those are identified. They've been worked on by the group that includes the freight corridors, our pedestrians, our bicyclists, our entire transportation plan. This is not something that came from a vacuum. It's people looking at what do we need reaching out over 9,000 public comments, dozens and dozens of public outreach meetings. We know what has to happen and where it needs to go. And I think that people who are saying that it's not um, definite enough forget the fact that over nine years, we have to change. And we have to change to respond to things that happen, whether it's an earthquake, whether it is just simply 100,000 more people coming in and choosing where to move. Deborah, artist, that's kind of the flip side of it. You can't decide now what you're going to need in seven, eight years down the line. So we do need flexibility. We do need some flexibility, but we also need to know, we know what has to be, what has to be done. Green, Greenwood needs sidewalks. Okay, and um, and there are a, a ton of other things that need to be done that have been identified, but they don't. They are not specifically targeted. And the League of Women Voters analyzed this thing upside down and backwards and forwards, and they were very very concerned about about the um, the the bill. But it's not as though that money just goes into an account for people to start writing checks on. There is going to be oversight from perhaps you as a city council member and from citizens and from other interested parties. Why don't you think that oversight is sufficient? It, it, well, maybe with this new council it will be, but with the old council, I don't think it was. Uh, there, I mean, well, there'll be a new council, so. <laughs> well, yes, but it needs to be. I think we need a complete, um, a complete change. What about the accountability <clears throat> issue, Sally Bagshaw? Some say there's not enough accountability. Well, I cannot imagine how much more accountability you could have than the citizen oversight group. We've done that for bridging the gap, and as you know, what happened with bridging the gap was very positive. All the money was spent where they said it was going to be spent, and actually more projects were built 
than anybody anticipated because when Bridging the Gap, gap was passed uh, eight years ago, we were at the bottom of the recession. So we could get more for our money and more projects were built. So the kinds of things that we've seen, like fixing the arterials going up on Elliott, for example, the pedestrian walkways, the greenways that people are seeing in their neighborhoods, which is really making a difference for people to walk and ride their bikes. That is a kind of thing that happened in Bridging the Gap with great oversight, and we're going to do that and more going forward. Also on the ballot with you, Initiative 122, and this is a measure that would limit certain types of campaign spending. It would also give some citizens a $100 chit to spend on the candidate or cause of their choice. Do you agree with that? Are you going to vote for that, Sally Bagshaw? Um, I personally am not going to be voting for that. Um, I agreed that it should go on the ballot so people could make a decision. I do support public financing. I don't think this one is ready for prime time. Why not? Um, it's very complicated. And $100 chits are going to be available to some. Those who are already elected are going to have the first crack at it. And it doesn't really put a lid on how much spending is going to come in. We're seeing these independent expenditures. We're seeing in some candidates, candidates right now, 80% of their campaign contributions coming from outside of the state. This particular measure is not going to stop that. What about you, Deborah Zach Artis? Are you going to vote for 122? No, sir, I'm not. And why are you against it? Uh, as, as Sally said, the money is um, going to be available to the incumbents prior to um, becoming available to people who are going to file because the filing date has, it doesn't, and it doesn't come into effect until farther into, you know, the re-election cycle. Uh, the other thing is that the pot of money that is going to be made available. Um, so let's say they have $30 million in chits available. Only $9 million of that is actually going to be available. So the people who get their chits turned in earlier are going to out the people, are going to dis disenfranchise the people who get chits later because the money will already be gone. If you get elected, uh, Deborah Artis, how are people going to get in touch with you? How are you going to provide constituent help? Are you going to give me your cell phone so I can call you late at night and say, <laughs> I got a problem with a docking bar barking dog? Or? I, I make my, my phone number is already there. All I right. have a website, and I'm going to have a website that uh, will um, uh, enable. I, I will put my voting record up on the website so people don't have to dig for it. I will have um, the bills or the, uh, the, le the, um, the legislation that we are looking at on the website so people can see it readily. And I'm going to be asking people for their input on that website. And I intend to go to all the community meetings in the area um, throughout the district that I can go to. Um, and make myself openly available and have um, public forums on a regular basis at least once a month. How about you, Sally Bagshaw? How would you be accessible to your constituents in District 7? Well, let's talk about how I've done it for the last six years. Um, of course, my cell phone is also available, but we have over a 1,000 emails a week that we receive at the office. We try to get back to as many people as possible. I meet with people um, virtually every day in the evenings and on the weekends. So I I'm very excited about having a district election where we are meeting with people just in the district and get to know them. An example, um, I met with some Belltown folks just a week ago and went up and looked at some affordable housing and things that we could do to really enhance Belltown. Same thing is true with South Lake Union. Same thing is true in Queen Anne and Magnolia. So um, I think of anything that has been the shining star of my last six years is how available I've been to my constituents. There's a limit to what a single council member can get done. You need Correct. another bunch of votes from other council members 
if you go to the legislature, you're going to need a whole lot of others. What, what could you give me some examples of why people should think that you, Sally Bagshaw, are able to not only do things on your own, but get things done with others? I'll tell you what, that is the number one thing that we need to accomplish in this election. And when people say what's important, you need people, candidates, elected officials who will actually reach across the aisle or reach from one end of the dais to the other. It's the only way we can get things done, whether it's human services, working with the mental health money that we're going to need for the legislature. Well, we need to do that, but have you done that? Do you have a record of doing that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at what we've done with parks. Look at what we've done with human services. Look at how I have worked with our downtown neighborhood and around the waterfront. Um, That is what I do. That is my background as a lawyer, as a facilitator, is to find out where the issues are we have in common, where the areas are that we don't and bridge those gaps. Deborah Artis, how about you? What can you tell us to convince us that you will be good at bringing together a constituency at the city council to get done what you want to get done? Well, I worked for 20 years on the Recreation Advisory Council in all the different offices, and that was a citywide um, uh, effort. So it was through parks, and we had to work throughout the entire city and and uh, help bring in different programs and support different uh, different things that were going on at the time. Um, I am very good at knowing what's going on all over the city. Um, I've lived here for 40 years, and uh, Seattle is my city. And I don't, I don't look at it as just West Seattle or just Queen Anne or just any neighborhood. This is a city. And I think that the group of, um, of uh, uh, new uh, co- uh, council people that are coming in are extremely concerned about their neighborhoods and not just that, but the entire city. So I think that this new group coming in is going to make an incredible team. And we're going to be able to uh, not only support our our districts, but, but really uh, encompass the entire city and have a very firm plan. Amazon is in your neighborhood. And some folks think Amazon's been a great thing for the city. Some people think it's destroying the soul of Seattle. Where are you on that continuum, Deborah? I like that they've come in. I'm concerned that they're bringing so many people in from outside of the state of Washington. And uh, I, I would like to see more hiring from within the state. Uh, there's when, I, when you walk around in, in Amazon territory down there, uh, there are a lot of people who are not U.S. citizens. So um, they're they're bringing in people from all over the world, which is which is great. I mean, it's great for you know bringing in diversity and, and different cultures, but it also hurts. So um, people who are graduating from the UW, Seattle U, um, uh, Western, uh, Central, Wazoo, they're they're I don't know that they're being considered as as much as people from overseas. Sally Bagshaw, does Amazon do enough for our city? They're doing a lot for our city um, by being an employer of 40,000 people. They're also working with us on the downtown connections that we're trying to make with pedestrian and bikes. They have put in um, millions of dollars in helping us just really improve that neck of the woods. Can they do more? Every employer can do more. Every employee can do more to contribute as part of the city as well. So I am a supporter of the companies that want to come to our city and really promote our values. Elections are about choices. Yeah. Sally Bagshaw, why should someone choose you instead of Deborah Artis? Well, you have to be qualified for this job, and learning on the job is really not um, as effective as have bringing skills to it. So I've been a lawyer, a facilitator. I've been on the council now for six years. I am dedicated to our region, and this needs to be a regional job, not just a citywide job. Deborah Artis, your, your opponent just inferred that you were not uh, qualified. 
Well, that's her opinion, but I am extremely qualified. Why are you better qualified than she is? I've been a business owner. I understand business in Seattle. My uh, my family has a, bis- a maritime business, so we understand the maritime industry um, um, throughout the entire region. Uh, and, and I do have connections with uh, state uh, organizations, and um, I do listen to my constituents. I listen to them now, and I always have. So it's not a new thing for me. Uh, it's I, I think that I'm I'm better qualified because I'm better able to listen to my constituents. So I'm not beholden to anybody. Bonus question. Hmm. Who's your political idol and why? Thomas Jefferson. Why? Because he was really smart, and I I like him so much I even named my dog after him. Own slaves. Well, that was that was the time. That was the time, and we don't have that anymore. But his intelligence was um, was phenomenal, and he did a lot to help build this country. So, Sally Bagshaw, you're going to go with Alexander Hamilton, or who, no, who's I'm, your political idol? And I'm, why? I'm coming to to two. Unfortunately, both have passed. One was my boss, Norm Mailing, who is a statesman beyond um, so many other people that we have known in our region, and um, Mother Teresa, because she helps people one person at a time.